WannaCry ransomware still causing tears two years on, how the role of a healthcare CISO is changing, and Verizon's security recommendations from this year's data breach investigation report. These stories and more in this week's ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Nick Holland. It was May 2017 when WannaCry ransomware was unleashed on an unsuspecting world, causing tears, frustration, and a considerable cost in lost productivity and cold hard cash for those organisations that coughed up the ransom. Now two years on, the legacy of WannaCry hasn't gone away and is still wreaking havoc on software around the globe. To tell us more, here's ISMG's Managing Editor of Newsdesk, Scott Ferguson. Two years ago this month, the world became familiar with WannaCry. Over the course of several days in May 2017, the ransomware tore a path of online destruction through 150 countries. It crippled IT systems and organizations ranging from the National Health Service in the UK to companies with household names such as Nissan, Honda, and FedEx. Almost as soon as it started, WannaCry burned out thanks to the discovery of the so-called kill switch. What happened across those several days in May 2017, however, has left a permanent mark on the security field and brought ransomware into the lexicon of the mainstream. The legacy of WannaCry is everywhere, and ransomware is now a common occurrence and an ongoing security problem. Most recently, Baltimore was hit with a ransomware variant called Robinhood that has continued to be a problem for the city two weeks after the initial attack was found. One reason that ransomware remains such a security problem is that exploit tools such as Eternal Blue and Eternal Romance, originally developed by the National Security Agency and then leaked online, remain unpatched. This leaves systems vulnerable to these types of attacks. Richard Gold, the head of security engineering at Digital Shadows, a London-based security firm, tells ISMG that, quote, two years on, and it's never been more important for firms to patch their systems. But this asks an important question. How many systems are actually vulnerable? That number is hard to calculate. Malwarebytes published an analysis that found nearly 5 million detections of WannaCry have occurred since the initial attack in 2017. Many PCs in the US remain vulnerable, however the majority of WannaCry outbreaks have actually shifted to Eastern Europe and Asia, with countries such as India, Indonesia, Russia, and Malaysia as prime targets. Even though it was spared during the initial check, China has also seen an increase in these detections as well over the last two years. Another analysis shows that over 1 million systems are still susceptible to Eternal Blue exploits, even though Microsoft has issued a patch for that. All this adds to the burden of CISOs and their security teams. The Malwarebyte analysis found that cybercriminals are now using these exploits, such as Eternal Blue, to make their malware supercharged, causing even more problems for enterprises. Several security experts we spoke to agreed that patching systems, especially older ones, remain one of the most important parts of any cybersecurity plan. As for WannaCry, the ransomware has never really left. As it enters its terrible twos, it's still infecting systems worldwide, and Microsoft recently issued a patch to help prevent another worm-like attack similar to WannaCry. All in all, not a very happy birthday to remember this month. For ISMG, I'm Scott Ferguson. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. Throughout the year, ISMG hosts roundtable executive events around the world 
bringing together cybersecurity practitioners for candid and often frank discussions about the evolving state of our industry. A recent roundtable dinner in Chicago, sponsored by NTT, was one of these, and the topic of discussion, Confessions of a Healthcare CISO. I caught up with two of the subject matter experts at the dinner after the event, John Petrie, CEO Americas of NTT Security, and Frank Negro, Global Practice Leader Healthcare Consulting with NTT Data. And I asked them, how is the role of a healthcare CISO evolving? Here's John. Yeah, certainly uh, the role is is changing. Um, I think uh, the concerns that we heard uh, was around how do we how do we as uh, healthcare CISOs engage the uh, C-suite and, and the board of directors um, on uh, issues ar- uh, around uh, information security and cybersecurity as it affects the healthcare business itself, and then more importantly, with the boards of directors having uh, fiduciary responsibilities now, the importance of a CISO in that that vertical market to be more business oriented and understand how to bubble up the information security issues from a technical perspective into business terms is absolutely essential. So the the role of the CISO now is moving, at least in my view, from more of a a technical specialist into a part of the business uh, and, and the business acumen of those CISOs has to uh, increase and, and in some cases improve. Uh, Frank, over to you. John, I, I agree with you entirely. Uh, right, the, the work that we've been doing as information security professionals over the last five years or so to teach our leaders in the organization that security is a business issue, not a technical issue. All of that work is is taking hold and they are starting to view the CISO now as part of their business leadership team as they uh, make sure that they're conducting their fiduciary responsibilities to secure the information of the organization. So yes, it's very much a segue from technical expert to business leader. And I think our CISOs have to be responding to that change. Finally, in its 12th year of publication, The Verizon Data Breach Investigation Report, or DBIR as it has come to be known, remains a trusted barometer of the state of the threat landscape globally. This year is no exception, with some notable highlights such as a surge of C-level phishing attacks and a corresponding drop of exploits aimed at HR professionals. I spoke with John Grimm, who is Senior Manager of the Investigative Response Team at Verizon Enterprise Solutions and one of the authors of the report, and I asked him, in light of this year's threats, what steps should be taken to reduce risk? Here's his response. Well, uh, so generally speaking, it'd be uh, good security hygiene. You know, making sure that your, your, your systems in the cloud, your, your web servers are configured properly, right? Uh, making sure you have uh, asset and security baselines in place. Okay, so that'd probably be the, one of the recommendations there. Another is integrity making sure you patch, 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 patch those applications, patch the operating system, uh, code securely, and then also have file integrity monitoring in place to make sure that, or, or to, to, to detect any potential changes uh, that, that may occur if there's a data breach uh, attacker within your environment. Uh, another thing that we've seen this for years is access, making sure that you have uh, 
two-factor or multi-factor authentication, not just a strong password, but you have something else uh, such as a token uh, that, that gives you that second factor, if not a third factor, uh, you know, something biometric in place to uh, really, really lock down that remote access to those systems. Another thing too is insiders. Uh, identifying uh, who has access to your environment, where your assets are and where your data is, who needs access to the, those assets and data, um, identifying your critical assets and truly who really needs uh, access to those critical assets, and then monitoring uh, those assets, monitoring those folks that have uh, the keys to the kingdom uh, so that you can identify uh, any insider type uh, issues within uh, your organization. And I think uh, probably another recommendation is awareness. You know, monitoring your emails for uh, malicious attachments, for, for, for spear phishing campaigns, but also training your end users to be aware of social engineering, financial pretexting, uh, the human element things that threat actors like to exploit, uh, and making sure not, not just your end users are trained, but making sure your incident responders are trained to, to recognize incidents that need to be addressed as quickly as possible, because the faster you are at recognizing an incident, the quicker you can react to that incident, the better off you're going to be. So I think those are probably the, the biggest recommendations. Good basic hygiene, integrity, access, insider threat monitoring, and then security awareness in general. That's it for this week's ISMG Security Report. Theme music is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Nick Holland. Catch you next time.